This morning we talked about <clears throat> the foundations that our spiritual homes are built on. I had to spend a lot of time talking about home inspection and that process, but that's what we're going to be doing this afternoon. I want you to think about the spiritual house that you've built so far on your foundation. If it's a, if you're starting from nothing, you've got just about no spiritual house built, but you're starting on the rock, you're starting on that good foundation, well then you'll be in good position to take what we speak about this afternoon and move forward with your life making good decisions and building a very strong spiritual house. But if you have a spiritual house that you've already begun to build, perhaps on that good foundation, the rock, or perhaps you built a house on sand and you're having to move it to a better foundation, well, either one of those houses is probably in need of inspection, especially if it's been a while since you've thought about the kind of spiritual house that you're building. I want to begin with the assumption that your desire is to build a house on the foundation of the rock and that you want to build a house according to what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15. And I don't have a PowerPoint, so you have to follow me along with your analog Bibles if you wish. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 10, Paul wrote to the church, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he built, hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And he warned the Corinthians against building their spiritual houses out of inferior material. He mentioned gold, silver, and precious stones. And these would all be good material to build a house out of if you're afraid of the house burning down because those things are not going to be burned up by the sort of fire that we'd be talking about. We're not talking about putting your home in a blast furnace and trying to melt down that gold and silver. We're talking about the kinds of fires that burn up homes still to this day. He warned about using wood, hay, and stubble because fire does consume these things. And he said that when the fire comes and tries that house and tests what kind of material it's made out of, well, that wood, hay, and stubble is going to be burned away, and the gold and silver and precious stones are all that's going to be left. So when we think about what kind of home we want to build, obviously we want to build a home that's going to stand during those trying times. We want to use that good material. We want to stay away from the flammable material. 
And there's some debate about what exactly Paul is talking about when he mentions these materials. But I think that it's most appropriate to think of these things in terms of whether or not they're going to be stable. If you want to think about it from the terms that we use this morning, the best materials, the best building materials for our spiritual lives are going to be the most stable materials, the things that are going to help us to get through trying times rather than make it harder for us to withstand a trial. So the, question, the first question to ask when we're examining our spiritual homes, we're looking at the materials that we have built a home out of, we're doing a home inspection, can my spiritual house withstand the trials of this life? Of course, if we have no idea how the materials that we've used so far are going to stand up, well then we need to know what the good materials are and the bad so that we can see if we've used any of those in our homes. And I always think about, when I think about building homes that are going to withstand trials, I think of the story of the three little pigs. The short version is that one of the pigs was a very hard worker and concerned about the strength of his house, so he made it out of bricks. His brothers were not as concerned as he was. They wanted to take shortcuts. So one of the pigs built his home out of straw and the other out of sticks. And when the big bad wolf comes along, of course, he knocks down the home of straw and sticks, but he cannot knock down the brick house. So think of the big bad wolf as the devil, temptation, sin, some other trial in this life that's going to show you what your house is made out of. Think of yourself, if you will, as a little pig and think about the kind of material that you're building with. How can we build homes that will withstand temptation? How do we make sure that we use the right building materials? So let's start in the opposite direction. Let's imagine for a moment that we wanted to build the most ungodly house possible. We wanted to use the worst building materials. What would that look like? Where would we start? We, would, we might start as far away from God as possible. We might pursue the works of the flesh. And we mentioned those broad categories this morning as the kind of foundations that we would lay this house on if we are wanting to build a terrible house. But what would we make the house out of? Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21 names the works of the flesh. Galatians 5, beginning in verse 19, the apostle writes, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, dr murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I, <clears throat> as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Additionally, in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes a lot of the th same things down here, and he makes a couple of additions. We'll read that as well. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 3, he writes, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. 
So these are the things in the world that if we want to build a wicked house, we would use these things. But if we're wanting to build a strong house, obviously we should avoid these things. These are things that when you're doing your home inspection, you should be on the lookout for. Do any of these things appear in my life? Do I have trouble with any of these things? And this is a, quite a long list. It may not be comprehensive, but there's a lot of things there to look for. If you find any of these things in your spiritual house, or if you don't find any of these things in your spiritual house, that's very good. You've built a house out of probably the best building materials and you don't have any inferior materials in your house. But you should probably also be on the lookout for things that might draw you away from building with the best materials. And maybe you have some decorations in your house that might look better with some wood, hay, and stubble instead of gold, silver, and precious stones. For example, consider the pursuit of material goods or money. There's a righteous reason to seek gain through work. In 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8, Paul told Timothy that there was a good reason to work, to try to make a living, to try and earn something. 1 Timothy 5 verse 8, Paul said, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So if there's a good reason to work, to earn money, to try to provide a living for your family, then there might then that might be a temptation, a way for Satan to try and lead you astray, to try and lead you into using poor building material. In the next chapter, in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 10, Paul writes very, some very famous words, some words that are known far and wide. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So while we have a responsibility to work, to earn money, to provide for our families, we need to be on the lookout for the temptation to continue to work and to covet money, to get the idea in our heads that the living that we're providing for our family, while it might not be excellent, it might not be something that in our dizzy daydreams that we would wish for, but it might be something that is good enough. It might be something that we should be content with, if you will. We should not allow ourselves to be tempted into uh, pursuing, uh, pursuing too much, into becoming covetous and greedy. And that's all to say that there are good things in this life, good, uh, righteous things in this life that we need to do and pursue that might uh, leave us in a position where we can be tempted to do evil things, to use poor building materials. So it's good to know what materials to avoid. It's also better to know which materials we should use, which we should pursue and actively seek to use as we build our spiritual homes. Using only my limited knowledge of the scriptures, when I try to think of lifestyle choices that are likened to precious metals, nothing really comes to mind right away. But the Israelite writers used poetic language a lot, and at times it likens the decisions that we can make to, uh, to doing good building, to uh, 
likening good decisions to gold and silver. In Psalms chapter 19, verses 7 through 10, and then in Psalm 119, we'll read a couple of these examples. First in Psalm 19, the writer states, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So in Psalm 119, verses 71 and 72, the psalmist writes, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. And then in Proverbs chapter 8 and Proverbs chapter 16, we'll read a couple more examples. Proverbs 8 verses 10 and 11 states, Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Then in Proverbs 16 verse 16, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? So from this poetic language, we see a lot of examples of things that are better than gold, things that are better than silver, things that we should be looking to add to our spiritual house. Instruction and obedience are likened as very valuable. Knowledge and wisdom as God are seen as more valuable than gold and silver. And Christians generally understand that this is the case, that it's better to build our lives around the knowledge and commandments we find in the Bible. But this is where that inspection, that uh, looking in at ourselves and looking at, taking a careful look at our spiritual house to look at what we've built, are we applying these commandments and this knowledge? Are we heeding the wisdom and warnings that we can read in the Bible? The home that you live in, think, think about that for just a moment. If a home inspector came into your home and said, this is poor building material. You need to get it fixed as fast as possible. You could acknowledge the need, but if you don't get the problem fixed, then what good has that inspection done you? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, I want to read this verse just briefly. It uses gold in a figure of speech. The apostle writes that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ Jesus. Peter uses language similar to 1 Corinthians 3 here. He says that the trial of our faith is more valuable than gold if our faith emerges from that trial still seeking glory at the coming of Christ. Okay, so in general, we should be using the commandments of God, the wisdom of Scripture, as our building materials. And what specifically should we be building out of? And we could spend the rest of the day here talking just about that. I think in these two lessons, I've proposed a couple of things that we could spend a couple of three or three or four days talking about. But the short answer, when we talk about what from the scripture should we use to build our house, what wisdom and knowledge and commandments therein should we use, the short answer is we should use all of them. But for the sake of time, obviously we won't be reading all of those things. 
I will remind you of some of the scriptures we read from a previous lesson and just point out that this is the good building material. If you've got uh, poor building material in your house and you're thinking, all right, I'm going to rip all of this out and I'm going to build back better with something new, with gold, silver, precious stones, here are a few things that we can use. And it's, it's just the verses that we read this morning, so hopefully none of this is brand new. Romans 12 and 18, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Ephesians 4, verse 25, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 5, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. And in Titus chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. So as you look at your home, your, your spiritual home, and you're taking stock of what materials you've used so far, what we should not be asking is, is this structure good enough for me? We should be asking, will our home stand up to judgment? Obviously, trials are going to come, and we might be able to weather a storm with mostly good building materials and one wall that's just there for decoration. Maybe we have a wall built out of stubble. Maybe it's ugly, but we kind, we're kind of fond of this wall of stubble. It's been in our house for a long time, for as long as I can remember. And I just don't want to get rid of it right now. The final trial, of course, is coming at judgment. As Jesus said, in the parable that we read from this morning, that the houses that stand will be those founded on the rock, those obedient to God. He doesn't give us space for our own wall of stubble in this house. We're to be using only the best materials in our construction. There's not room for anything substandard. When the home inspector comes on the final day. He's not coming to give us a warning. He's not coming to say you need to get this fixed. He's coming to condemn our house if it's not up to code. In closing, I want to read from Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. Hearkening back to the story of the pigs, remember that the hard work of the third pig who built his house of bricks made for a safe house. But the foolish work of the other two pigs resulted in a false sense of security. Yeah, they had a house. It may or may not have had four walls. But it kept them out of the sun and out of the wind. It maybe even kept them out of the rain. Each pig thought that he was safe in his own work. Some tellings of the story, the first and second pigs mock the third pig for putting so much work into his house. Why would you bother going through the trouble of building a house out of bricks when sticks and hay will do just fine? 
This reminds me of the proverbial definition of knowledge from Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you're here this afternoon and you have the perfectly constructed spiritual house of bricks and Satan is never going to get in and bother you and when the Lord comes on the final day to have a look at your spiritual house, he's going to say, that's good enough for heaven right there. Then good. Keep up the good work. You may have many years left on this earth that you can add on to that house. Keep adding on with good materials. I'm not bashful in saying that probably all of us, myself included, has at least one wall in our spiritual house that needs to be torn down and replaced. It's built of highly flammable material. Whether it is stubble and obviously of poor building material, or maybe it sticks and it looks good enough. We all have an urgent need to inspect our homes identify poor or failing aspects of our lives and replace them with the best materials, knowledge of and obedience to the Lord. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.